That's into right field. Long run for Pilar. And Pilar all out into foul territory to make the play. Bogarts with a drive out to right field. Judges back on it, and that one's gone. Against all odds, here's a high fly ball driven deep to right. Verdugo back to the pen. Leaps up. He caught it. He caught the ball. He took it back. And I will keep on waiting for a better day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pesky Pole podcast i believe this is episode 89 now we're about 70 games into the season rocking and rolling joining me in this episode is a good looking bastard but definitely not as good as brian costive the beautiful man himself but you shall call this guy you got his name wrong what you got his name wrong it's beautiful bastard the beautiful bastard himself brian costive i shall don't hold back on Brian the goat. I shall give him his full title. I would like to apologize, but this man is a, I would consider him an excellent person when it comes to persuasion, mainly because if you look at his girlfriend and you look at him, there's no way he should be with her. Adam, right? Adam, introduce yourself to the people. Oh, Hello you know there. it's true. You know My it's name true. is Adam Wright. And if it were, if this show weren't, weren't rated what for children, then I would have a lot, a lot of things that I could say about Robert, but <laughs> we'll just keep it PG. Keep it PG um, thirteen. Keep it PG thirteen. This kid's a ballerina. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm so. Yeah, I'm. I'm. My name's Adam Wright, and I'm the host of the Fumble Ruski podcast. That is all. That's, that's go and it. check out my podcast because my podcast is superior to yours now. Yeah. Bull. All right, I still, I still get, I'll get, I'll get more views on this podcast than this one episode than you'll get in the entire month of yours. Uh, so you're gonna get eight, you're gonna get a hundred. I, I get like, I had one episode where I hit like three hundred. On one episode, one download. One episode, I think it was episode seventy something. The one where you, the one where you had Garrett Whitlock before he went, fa- before he went, uh. Before before he turned into a stud is does not count. That one blew up on YouTube. It did not blow up on Spotify though. That one got like five hundred views on. Yeah, yeah. And it's too bad that uh, that Zach Bryant didn't shout you out on, on yeah, uh, that second. What what was it? What is it? Section ten podcast. Yeah, I got to get him back on the show because he's not doing too bad in our system, from what I'm seeing. But anyway, first of all, thank Top Robert back in the building. You already know. Yeah, Adam's jealous. You can see it on his face right now. Sure. It's pure jealousy. But we got a lot to talk about. So make maybe, sure. Maybe, maybe pure uh, gaining the urge to give you a sandwich. <laughs> okay, let's, let's get right into it without any further delays from the dumbass. All right. First of all, kind of suck. Kind of, not really. We've definitely been turning it around. But just we're so far out of the top of the AL East. Like, so far it's now, like, physically hurting me. Yep. And the problem is that this is just going to continue for years and years on end. Because the Yankees are going to end up going down. Obvious thing is obvious. They're going to, their team is going to end up going down the toilet. Probably, like, two to three years they're going to have to start another rebuild. But in that time, in two to three years, the Blue Jays are going to be the top of the division for as long as we as long as we can foresee so right now in all honesty now that i'm thinking about last year was our year to strike like last year was the year but i don't know this year we just started out so average like not we were just in the al championship wait this year started off average this you realize started, they started what like 10 and like 19? They yeah. had a really bad start to the season and they've no, been actually cruising. Since I'm then. saying, I'm saying like currently we're like average ish. We're only five games above 500. We're 13 and a half back from the division and we're seven and we're 66, 67 games through the season. Yep, that's correct. When, when you, when you can only say 
I'm better than the Orioles in our division. Something is wrong. Hang on. So is is that is that your take on this season so far? Before it's I before average, I go on, average at best. So yes. here's what I'll say about the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. They had a really tough start to the season, and yep. I don't know. I so the last I checked their statistics, they 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 won on a twenty and eight run after that tough start. I'm not yes. sure where they're at right now. However, I think it speaks more to the competitiveness of the AL East rather than to to how bad the Red Sox are because the Red Sox are actually they're 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 starting to rebound and they're getting better and better as the season goes on. Their starting mm-hmm. rotation started off great. And it's still pretty good, not not quite as good, just because of just because of Rich Hill, yeah. Uh, because he's he's fallen off a little bit. Still a serviceable starter. We'll get At to that. Four two years old, we ain't gonna complain. Yeah, and he's a he's a good back of the end back end you know starter, but yeah. I'm not. I have no complaints of the rotation. Where the issue is, and what's going to hold them back is the bullpen, and the bullpen they haven't had anybody until recently, and I'll we'll I'll bring about- this up. I'll bring this up in a little bit. Until recently, we have nobody, nobody who we can hand the ball to in that bullpen and legitimately trust. Yeah. And it's, it's a I think every time it's just getting better. But like, here's what I'm saying. They're getting better and better record wise as the season goes on. This pat the month of June has been great to them. And so has half of May. So they've actually, I think that I'm actually pretty happy about, where they are so far. And I could see them winning 90 plus games by the end of this season. I really could because, uh, and yes, they're in fourth in the AL East, but look at where, look at how close they are to Tampa. They're only a half game behind Tampa and they're only two and a half games behind the blue Jays. And that number used to be like astronomically. They were so far behind the, they were so far behind both of those teams, not just the Yankees, but the other two mm-hmm. below, uh, uh, below the Yankees. And now they're actually pretty close. So I could see them. I, I really, I'm actually very optimistic about this season for the Sox. So we still have about a 60% chance to make the playoffs according to baseball reference. So we still have a decent chance to get to the playoffs, but half game out of the wild card. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you brought up a good ish point before <laughs> ish. we ish. I will explain. You said before we hit the record button, that if you put the Red Sox in any other division, they'd be competing. Correct? Yes. Let me right. let me pull up the standings, but yeah. I, I got you. The Twins, or the AL Central would be a game and a half back of the Twins. Yep. And the AL West would be five games back of the Astros, still in second place. Yeah, uh, they'd be NL in contention. East, we would be eight games back of the Mets. That's NL Central, manageable at this point in the season. The NL Central blows, so we would be we'd be in third place, but only two games back. And then I guess the Dodgers would be five games back in the NLS. That's so, about, yeah. So there's two, really, two other divisions where we would be competitive. We'd be fighting for first place. The rest of them, still a good ways away. You What's know, your hit, definition of competitive, though? Because five point, games back is five games back is fairly is manageable. It's, and it's, even in, at this stage of the season, I know eight games doesn't look good, but it's manageable at this point yeah. in the season. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's still early. We're not even halfway through the season yet. Like, we still got another 20 games or 15 games or so before halfway through. So, we, we still have plenty of time. But at this point, in competitive, I would say it would be about three games. Call me okay. back in about three weeks, and the standings sure. are going to be completely flopped. And it's going to, but right now, in terms of being competitive in division, we'd only be competitive in really like two. And those are both the centrals, which both blow. Can I bring up one other point? No, nobody. Th- no, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this up. <laughs> I think you're measuring. I'm, I think you're measuring the success of this season too much on whether or not they can win the division. Last, uh, last season, they made the playoffs as a wild card, and yeah. they were able to make it. Oh, to the, I'm not. I'm not saying the, win the division. No, ALC, I'm not yeah. saying win the division. At this point, but, it's kind of done. It's if the Yankees somehow below this, we are never letting this go on Yankees fans. We will be talking so much shit to Jay Hill. You already know. You right. well, it, you know, you know that it won't happen. Uh, it's it's a fun thing to to fantasize about as Red Sox fans, but it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. The Yankees. But then again, that, I'm sure a lot of people said that about the 2004 ALCS. It's not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but 
Touché. Look, they they they're in they're in very very close contention for the wild card. Mm-hmm. Only a half game back, and they've been winning games. They just took two out of three from the Cardinals, which was very impressive. I didn't I didn't think they would get out of that series. Cardinals have been hot, so yeah. They were 10 games above 500 when they got, when they, when they came, when they ran into us. Now yeah. they're just eight and we're talking to, about them as a meh. And that's yeah. because we just, they just ran into us. Yep. Cardinals are leading their division tied with the Brewers. So I'm pretty, I'm, I look, I'm pretty optimistic about where this Red Sox team is. And it looks like, it looks like the stat nerds are going to be right again about Trevor Story. And bringing in they like, I, it was interesting how they how they this off season how they addressed the starting rotation. They kind of they are so you said the word shit. I'm gonna say it. They threw shit at the wall and hoped it would stick. In two of in two of the three shits that they threw at the wall have worked out. So, so far, so far. So, so Michael Walker looks great, and I, I and I'm maybe I'm a white Michael Walker fan because of his 2013 postseason performance. Yeah, but. Michael Walker has worked out. Rich Hill has not been as good as he was in the start of the season. However, he is a manager. He's even now he's a solid starter who give back into back of the end starter who gives you a chance to win. Yeah. And James Paxson is yet to play a game, but once he plays, let's see, let's see how he plays. Yeah. Let's give him a and we still has have Chris sale coming back. And even when he came back last year, he was pretty solid. What is he, he's not what he was, but he could be good. Yeah. What is he out for this time? I forget. Like what's what, that? What injury is he out on this time? It's a, it's a, I think it was a stress fracture in his ribs. Ugh. So, I mean, look, that kid is, that guy is obviously built like, uh, like a paper airplane. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. But, but when he's healthy, what he can do, I mean, he's he's the key to this whole season, pretty much. Yeah, and even uh, even if he can't come back, I still like what they have. Nick Pavetta has turned out to be a very good starter. Oh, 100%. and I give I give Heim Bloom a lot of credit for figuring remember, him out. Remember when we traded for Nick Pavetta and Connor Siebold and gave up? Um, oh, who do we give up? Why am I why am I blanking on his name? The closer we had, Brandon Workman. Yep. So we gave up Workman, and then Workman came right back a year later. <laughs> he sucked at that point, but we got two quality pieces. One who I think Seabold's now kind of bouncing up between AAA and AA. He hasn't played at all yet for the majors, but he's still bouncing up in between there. But then Pavetta is now our ace, basically. Yep, it's between him and Waka, and Eovaldi's coming back, too. Mm-hmm. So I, I do like their rotation right now. I do. I know a lot of people don't like it. It does lack in depth so far, but mm-hmm. they're getting sale back. Paxton's going to come at some point. I, I, I like where they are. I really do. And, mm-hmm. and can, I, can I mention that one guy in the bullpen yet? Or are we, is there something else you wanted to get to? Uh, we'll do the pitching first. So we've already talked about the pitching, so you can, you can talk about him. All right. Let me get to him because I just had a, I just had a statistics up. Box uh, here. So, John Schreiber, this is the name that is going to be the fate of – it's going to determine the fate of the Red Sox season. That's a little tell bold, you why. but – So, this kid has – they. so, the way, the way it works with all these small market GMs is they really do throw shit at the wall and they hope something sticks. Yeah. They bring all of these guys sticks, in. They're called geniuses. And once, they, once, it's, once it sticks – it looks like they found their guy that stuck. So John Schreiber. So he was acquired after the 2020 season. And in 2021, he only played in one game through three innings, one earned run, making it a three, a three ERA. Fair enough. Not too big of a, not big enough of a, uh, of a sample size. However, this season he's pitched in 20 games, two and oh, 0.87 ERA, 0.87 and a 0.68 whip. That is incredible. And this is a kid who, once Chris Sale comes back, Mr. Garrett Whitlock comes back into, at least I hope, Mr. Whitlock goes back into the bullpen and 
you can decide who, who plays closer, who plays setup, man. But you have a one-two punch there. And then you have your rotation that's set, bullpen set, offense set, let's go on a run. Mm-hmm. Now, as we said earlier in this show, we're not winning the division. Yeah. However, we can make the playoffs as a possibly in the top wild card spot. That's not out of the question. No. And then same thing as last year. And then once you get it's in the thing with the with the what the thing I love so much about the MLB postseason is it's become about make the tournament. You get hot, you make the tournament, you make a deep run, and it's a, it's anyone's game at that point. It's anybody's game. And that's kind of I think what sets apart between like the MLB now and the NBA. Like it used to be that both it'd be like, oh, your small town markets, it's a miracle if they can make it. You know, like the Milwaukee Bucks had to really go through years and years of suffering. You look at teams like the Kansas City Royals, they're never going to win a chip. But you get the right small market team that can get hot in the MLB now, there's no telling. Like any team can beat anybody at this point in seven games, unless you're the Cincinnati Reds. In that case, just go home. Go home. And it sucks that we're talking about the Red Sox like a small market team because they really shouldn't they're be running not. their organization they're a top that way. Four should be a top four organization behind the Dodgers, Mets, and Yankees. But in and they have all these resources. This is why I don't like the I like I like the small market touch to it, but it's the the fact that it takes over the entire identity to a a big market team. Like you have the resources, use them. But yeah. that's that's neither here nor there. I'm taught look. And another thing to bring up is this or this division, while it's tough and it sucks to be in such a tough division, it's going to make them battle tested. Exactly. Some of the toughest teams you're going to face in this in the this coming postseason might very well be in your own in your own backyard, which is yeah. the AL East. So aren't there, aren't have that going for you that you're card? going to be a tough, is a there, tough team. Is it three or four teams that make the wild card? I can't remember. No, it's two from three teams make the wild card, but you have the Yankees who are leading the division. And then you have, uh, then you have Toronto and Tampa Bay who are right behind, who are right behind you. Cleveland has gotten red hot. And for a while, the Red Sox had that final spot, Mm -hmm. but Cleveland got red hot and now they have it, but you're only a half game back. Yes. Which I'm very glad about. Absolutely. Right. So we have, we still have a legitimate shot, but there's a legitimate chance that all three AL East teams can make it. We're going to have four AL East teams in the playoffs. I do. I do think that's going to happen. Which, I just, I, I, I have a lot of faith in the AL East and I think that's what's going, what it's going to come down to. Yeah. Um, hold on a sec. I just want to make sure of that. Um, how many teams make it in the wild card? Yeah, you're right. Three. So we have the three winners, and then we have three wild card. So with that, right, we talked about our boy, John Schreiber. Now let's go over to the offensive side. And it's – I don't know how to describe it. You only have three dudes who are batting above 300, and the rest fall off like a cliff. Okay. It's weird how it's working, though, isn't it? Because those guys who you're who fall off a cliff, they're still producing. Yeah, you see Verdugo. Uh, last night he just got. Last night he got two. He got two hits, and Vasquez, who's batting two seventy one, had two. Story, while batting two twenty one, is making an impact on offense, and it's weird. Yeah, I know. I, I still don't understand. It's the stat nerds. I'm telling you, <laughs> and the they were stat talking nerds about have this. Come back. It's, we were talking about it. They were talking. They were talking about it when it first came up in 2002 when the Oakland A's uh, did the mo- that that whole Moneyball thing. Yep. And people were asking, "How are they winning these games?" And they they were winning games at a record pace. They got one and done in the playoffs. But I mean, this is what it. This is what it. What happens? And yeah. I I predict this Red Sox team is going to win 90 plus games. Yeah. You want to know the weird thing? We still have the third best batting average in the league. Th- yep. And so we're top three team when it comes to batting average. And thir- and guess guess where they are in run differential. Where? They're third in the AL East. You're fourth. So you are the you are the Red Sox. You're fourth in the AL East, third in run differential in the entire American League. 
Stat nerds, man. Stat nerds. All right. So when it comes to strikeouts, we're in the better, we're in the top 10. Uh, like I said, when it comes to average, we're third. Can you guess the two teams that are above us in batting average? You're never going to guess it. I can look it up. I'm on no. MLB.com right now. Just guess. But tell me. Um, I'll go with the Yankees for one. Nope. Yankees are Yankees tough. aren't above us. Yankees are 10th. 10th. So I could go with the Astros. Astros are. Are we going American League or can I tap into the National League too? NL. NL. So I'll go with the Dodgers. Nope. Jesus Christ. Who is it? It's the Mets who are tied with the Rockies. Okay, but the Rockies, man. (laughs) If you. Like, look, look, um, you go, that, I'm saying, that you stadium is like, game to course field. that stadium is like playing on Mars. Yeah. And you look at the statistics, the splits between players. Once, once they leave that stadium, when they're not playing 81 games there, it's like night and day. Yeah. It's like, you're, you're playing at such an elevated, uh, an elevated surface that like it, the balls just fly. Yeah. Here's the thing though. We're still top 10 in pitching, too. We're eighth. Number one and is the Yankees, by, who have by a 286 ERA. But by, by what? So by ERA. Yeah, so yeah, by they're ERA. eighth. Tied, tied for seventh, actually. Tied for seventh, yes. With the Atlanta Braves. How are the Yankees batting a 286? That's where they're winning their games. It's going quality, quality pitching. Still, you know what I, damn. You know what I want to find though? What? What, st- what statistic I do want to find? Top ten in strikeouts too. Blown yeah. saves. Who is in the top ten in blown saves? Hmm, because see. I couldn't tell you how many games, especially early on in the season, where they had a chance to win and they had a lead late and then they blew it. Most infamously, that one game against the Orioles, the cellar dwelling Orioles in the AL East, where they had an eight to two lead go into the seventh inning and then proceeded to blow it, and they lost 12 to 8. Okay. Um, Do you have the stats, right? All right. Rack, go from 10 down. I need the, I need the, I need the drama. In you need this. the drama? Yes. Okay, so tied for that spot are a bunch of teams, all with 10 blown saves. All right, athletics, give me one. Athletics. Me, okay. Cubs. Cubs. Rangers. Rangers. Mets. I don't really care about the, Can you just skip to nine? All right. I heard, I heard a few of them. Okay. Um, the next with 11 blown saves is the Braves. Braves. Okay. 12 is the White Damn. Sox. 12 is the White Sox. 13 are the Rays and the Angels. Rays and Angels. And so the, Ray, the Rays, the other, the other small market team. The only team with 14 blown saves are the Red Sox. I told Whoa. you. So they're, Lead league leaders in blown, in, saves. in blown saves. If you win half of those games, with if you win half one of, of those the games, least amount of save opportunities in like the league, in the top in the top ten of blown saves, they have the least amount of save opportunities with only twenty six. So we so, blow more saves than we actually save. <laughs> That's hilarious. So the least saves, the least amount of save opportunities, but the ones that you get, you're blowing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Like that's that's about a fifty six percent rate of blowing saves. Think about. I'm gonna that. pull a Ron Bar- Ron Burgundy by saying that's it. That's not even. I'm not even mad. That's amazing. <laughs> Dude, like, see. Think are there any it. other teams that are fifty percent or more when it comes to? I don't even but think so. Think no, about it. That no. think about it that way. If you win half of those fourteen games, that's seven games. Yep. You don't. You don't only have the uh the second uh second place in the AL East by a by a long shot. Yeah. You're also in contention for the division. You're six. You're six and a half back at the Yanks. You're in contention for the division if you win half of those. So this well, is my pro. This is so as much as I've been crediting the stat nerds, this is my problem with them. A lot of times. <laughs> They take so t- they, their their strategies take so long to get going. Yeah. That in the time that it took to get going, you could have actually made up ground that you wish you would have made up later in the season. I guarantee you, if you miss a playoff spot of a game, if you miss the playoffs by a game or two, 
I'm not going to be looking at saying, hey, well, why are we, why can't we expand the playoffs? Like one of those jackasses. I'm going to be saying, why didn't we win one of those 19 games that we lost when the, when the season started? More specifically, one of the 14 blown saves that you had. In yeah. fact, it's going to get much higher once you get to later into the season. Let me look and see if baseball reference shows blown saves. Uh, How many did they have last year? Let me let me find that out. Okay, I got you. But, although their keep, their bullpen was a lot better last year. Um, yeah, keep keep talking while I look this up. Yeah. So it's it's it that's isn't that just a crazy statistic? Yeah. 26 so only 26 save opportunities, which is the lowest in the league. But you also have the most blown saves at 14. As, again, if you win half of those, you're six and a half games back, which we mentioned all the other, we mentioned all the other divisions in the league. If we were in where we would be, the worst was eight, eight games, but there were a couple five and there would be one where there were a couple where they'd be in a half game back or one game back. It's just, oh God. And that's showing twins. have you found it yet? Uh, no, it's actually hard to find. Yeah, it's it is it's a tough statistic to find, but I feel like it's a lot more, you know, it's a it's a lot more important than people might think. But oh, a hundred percent. Like those are games you should have in the bag, but like in that tell that's a that's a that's a telltale sign of how good or how bad your bullpen is. Mm -hmm. If you have so if you have so many blown saves, and it is I will I what I will say is it is really tough to tell. Um it's fun. It is very hard to find uh, good bullpen pitching because uh, pitcher pitchers will how they pitch is it varies by from a year to year uh, basis. There's pitchers who could go their ERAs in the fives one year and it's in the ones one year. Then it goes right back to the fives. Yeah, it's really just tough because I mean you look at the nature of how it is. If you get blown up once over the course of a season, you get blown up once then it screws up your ERA for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. So you could otherwise be a really, really good, a really, really good relief pitcher, but it won't show it in the statistics, but it might show it in blown saves, which is a statistic that nobody looks at. Yes. Jeez, this is hard to Have find. Have you found it yet? I mean, I'm getting, I'm, I'm, it's like I'm leading uh, your show here. Well, yeah, which you have a trouble leading your own show. So, I mean, it's just... How many episodes do you have? This is number 89 for you. How many am I at? How many am I at? I don't think anybody cares. I I have, I have plenty of people who care. Yeah, whatever. We can't, we can't find it, but still 14 out of 26 chances. (sighs) That is honestly just laughable at that point. Yet we're still a top 10 team in ERA. So our starting pitching is getting us there our setup guys are even doing minimal slash their work to get, to get us to the promised land. And it's whoever's coming in to close on a given day. Cause we don't have a freaking closer. Yeah. And as I, and so I don't know, I don't know if, I don't know how I feel about Whitlock being, being the closer because mm-hmm. I still kind of want him to be a starter eventually, Yeah, but they do need him in that bullpen. And I really don't think they need that much help in the in the rotation. Sales coming back, Paxton's going to play soon, mm-hmm. and you we all need, you already have you already have several pieces in that rotation uh, to take and run with. And if and once you get Whitlock in there with uh, Schreiber, mm-hmm. then you can actually then you can just look at the bullpen in in uh, the trade market, and you get you trade for just one guy. That's three guys in the bullpen, which is uh, an above-average bullpen. Okay, so here's you can the take deep into the playoffs. Here's the problem: you know how many people we have who have saved a game for us this year? How many? Seven. Seven different people have come in in the ninth inning to save a game for us. That might be the start. The seven are Schreiber, Jake Diekman, whoever the hell that is. Whitlock. You know who Jake Diekman is? He was their prized bullpen. Uh, acquisition this past off season. Bro, he sucks. He sucks now, but right. he ain't no prize acquisition. Uh, Whitlock, who's a starter. Matt Barnes has two. 
Hansel Robles has two, Matt Strom has three, and Tanner Houck is technically our closer with four, even though he started four games this year. Ooh. This is the definition of a shit show right here. Hasn't Two Robles had a guys are starters right now? Hasn't there wait? Hasn't there hang on? Hasn't there um hasn't Robles actually been all right? Let me look him up. Uh 471. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. Between he started off the season good, but something happened. Okay. So <laughs> you see, that's what I'm talking about. Like you have that one really bad start. We're one, two, three over the season, over the, out of the, let's say 60 games you appear in. Yeah. And then your ERA goes to shit. Yep. That's how it goes. Great and thing, that, isn't Because so. Hansel Robles has actually otherwise been pretty solid. He's yeah. been all right. Much better than last year. I mean, Matt Barnes has pitched 17 innings, has an almost eight ERA. Um, let's see who else here. Uh, Phillips Valdez has pitched 13 innings with a 5-4. We don't talk about my boy, Josh Frankowski. He's just getting his feet under him. Our best pitcher, Kevin Plawecki. With that Kevin, zero ERA. How many, in how many games though? One. I don't need to say anything about that. He's, he's our backup catcher. All right, let me make a joke. Hansel, he's their catcher? Yeah. Kevin he Plawecki. He pitched a game? Yeah, we're getting blown How many out. innings? Just one. Shut out inning though. Only allowed oh, one boy. hit. Hey, you know what? Kevin Plowecki might have might have a might have a future on the mound. But yeah, like you said, Jake Diekman or not Jake Diekman. Uh, where is he? Josh Schreiber, John Schreiber, our best, our best guy out of the pen. 0.87 through twenty innings. I found I found the part where so MLB.com is graceful enough to give us the splits. Through seven game, the last seven games, through last fifteen and last thirty. Yep. So for Hansel Robles, so through thirty games, which he's pit, he's played in twenty one. So mm-hmm. four seven one. However, in the last seven games, nine four five ERA. So six point two innings pitched, seven earned runs. Seven earned runs. That's, That's going to kill you. That's and a nine ERA right there. His last outing, 0.1 innings pitched, so he didn't even make it through a full a full outing. Four earned runs. Four. You want to so, know what that you want to know what that is on a on an ERA standard? Yeah, 108. There you go. 108 ERA in his last one game. Wait, is that right? Yeah, 108. I actually did that math out of my head. Fuck you, Adam. Okay, shut up. Yeah, that's we're done with that. <laughs> Look, can you believe? Like, oh. it, and it it really does suck the way it works with with uh, bullpen pitching. But that's kind of the way it works now. Is yeah. if you you could get you could be a very good other very otherwise very very good relief pitcher. Mm-hmm. That one game you pitch in, you allow you allow four earned runs. You don't even get through a. Th- you you don't even get to get through two thirds of an inning. Mm-hmm. That's just bad. That's bad. That will kill an ERA. But our Lord and Savior John Schreiber is going to come to the rescue, and Garrett Whitlock will join him as soon as Chris Sale is back. As soon and as they decide that hey, this guy is having a four ERA as a starter. He had a one point five ERA as a closer. Maybe we should keep him there. Maybe that role suits him better. Then Nick Pavetta wins Cy Young over runner-up Michael Waka. And then Nathan Eovaldi is going to have a good season as their three-starter. Yeah, and yeah. Chris Sale is going to be their back-of-the-rotation starter with Rich Hill as their number five. Okay. Things are going well in Fenway Park, as you can see by the way we're talking about their team. Yeah. So um, I have to ask a question. Sure Who thing. in the blue hell is Rob Refschneider? Rob Refschneider wasn't he their start? Hang on, wasn't he there? Wasn't he their leadoff hitter? Yes. Last so I'm night, just, I'm just gonna say this, okay? So I'm just, I'm, as y'all know, I haven't put out an episode in a little bit, 
right? I'm still keeping up with all the games, still watching, still listening on the radio as much as I can. I get notification on my phone. Red Sox submit their lineup card. I'm like, all right, cool. Let me just scroll through. Leading off, Rob Schneider. And I'm looking like, who the fuck is this? I'm like, who? I've never heard the name Rob Schneider before. Apparently, he's been in the MLB for like almost eight years now, from 2015. And the dude's just been average, like 200, sometimes even lower. Like this time with the Yankees, he had a 135 batting average. But yep. he's he's been around the low 200s, high 100s batting average. This year so far. In 23 at-bats. Yeah. He's played in nine games. Pretty good. 23 at-bats, a 391 batting average. He's their next leadoff hitter. Where the hell did this guy come from? Sounds like the Oakland A's A's and uh, Tampa Bay Rays fuckery that we see. Yeah. Where it's, who is this guy? And why is he making an impact? Yeah, and why is he actually doing good? But... It's perfect if we have him come off the bench because, I mean, our right field spot right now is being controlled by Franchi Cordero and JBJ. They're throwing shit at the wall and hoping that it sticks. Rob Refschneider was the shit that stuck to the wall. It didn't just stick. It thrived there, okay? And uh, you can can, screw Franchi Cordero. Screw Franchi Cordero. I'm sorry. Hey, we'll talk about my man Franchi. All right, He's he's been there. He's been doing good. Let me let me look at let's see how exactly how he's been doing. 216 batting 216 average. batting average, three home runs, 18 RBIs, 664 OPS. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those are some beautiful numbers. <laughs> that is just amazing. Yeah. 663 career, career OPS. That's awesome. His no. speed. He, he's, he's known for his speed and his power, yet through 70 games in the season, three home runs, one stolen base. Yep. It's great. Love it. Love um, to see it. But if you just look at through some of the names on our bench, you just think to yourself, who in the hell? Like, I play a lot of MLB The Show, and I do a lot of Red Sox rebuilds, and I don't know who the hell these names are because I cut them after one year. They're never supposed to make an impact at the MLB level. Right. So if we look through our guys who are um, who are playing it mostly on the bench, right? Franchi, who I may have offered a 15 year deal to in MLB the show. Adam thought it was it? a great decision. What is it? One mil a year? Yes, exactly. <laughs> it was a 15 year, about $16 million contract. Jesus Christ. Uh, if he Chris, was, if he was actually like in real life, that actually happened, he'd probably slap you in the face for that deal. <laughs> he, no, he would take it. That's a Bobby Mania kind of paycheck right there. But he that would. means if he were to let's let's say he were to actually pan out and turn into a superstar, you're yeah, stuck okay. on that. You're stuck at that on that fifteen million dollar deal, and cool. you are severe severely overpaid under excuse me underpaid yeah but in what world is Franchi cordero gonna become a superstar hey you're the one who's talking him up not me i'm just saying if it happens all right christian arroyo who has been good just struggling at the plate for us uh kevin plawecki enough said about that jared duran we gotta talk a little bit about him he just started um he just made his no, he's been here. I'm talking. I'm thinking Jeter Downs. We'll talk about Jeter Downs in a minute. Oh God, he sucks. But Fran- but Jaron Duran, Jaron Duran, man, hasn't been bad. Duran, Duran, two for two for three in one of the games he played in. Yeah, two sixty nine average so far this season. Eight oh seven OPS. So for a batting average that that's as low as it is. Not that it's low. Two sixty nine is solid. Nice. They're it's fairly nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. 807. He has a 623 career OPS, but that's only because of his his performance last year. But clearly, he's gotten some gotten some seasoning uh, on the big league in uh, from AAA and down in uh, down in Worcester exactly. over at Polar Park. Yeah, no, we we don't talk we don't talk about the guy damn Blue Sox. Okay, 
Uh, then we got Travis Shaw, who is kind of just here for the good old fashioned nostalgia. Yep. Jonathan I remember Arrows, him. yet to I'm... have a hit in twelve at bat or in ten at bats. Yeah, but it's only ten at bats. Yeah. That's he's not that's not really though. much. He's he's the guy we got on the rule five who's just gonna kind of make his way between between triple A and and the base. Uh Connor Wong, only a couple at bats, one sixty seven. And then Jalen Davis. Who in the hell is Jalen Davis? Ah. He has a career war of negative 0.5. He has done more bad in his career than good. His career, all with the Giants besides this year, 167 batting average, 167 batting average, 111 batting average, and this year he's two for four. Interesting. Who, why are you here? Who authorized you to be here? Mm. I, you know, it's crazy that that Jeter Downs has actually been called up, though. Yeah. Because okay, he hasn't it. done anything good in Worcester since he was called up. Mm-hmm. Touche. Yeah. I think it's still a little early. Maybe he's just trying to get his bi- some big league at bats to figure it out. Who the hell knows? But Jeter Downs, so far – Big time bust and low key Alex Verdugo, another guy, a piece of that Mookie Betts deal hasn't been working out either. He's he's basically he's basically the second coming of Andrew Benintendi, and you know me, I like my Andrew Benintendi. If it were up to me, I would want him back on this roster. However, uh, I if you're going to trade your franchise player, a generational talent in Mookie Betts. You don't get an Andrew Benintendi for him. You get another Mookie Betts caliber player because I understand it's tough to get that again. But uh, Alex Verdugo, yeah. not there yet, obviously, but has the potential. Maybe at this point in Mookie Betts' career, he was already there. He was already on that level. He's yeah, a he's a Verdugo's he's an six now. He's another Andrew Benintendi. He has good speed. He can oh, hit. Oh, 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 you did not just say Alex Verdugo was Benintendi. Yes, no. he is. Please just save yourself the save yourself the pain. Just take that back. All right. Just apologize. That's, to that's the more viewers. of a compliment. No. Adam, what have you been smoking? Andrew Benintendi and Alex Verdugo are, at least production-wise, clones of each other. Excuse me for one second. I'm going to put out something. Continue continue to say your point. Sure. Look, they're both guys who have speed. They both can play in the field. They both can hit for they they can hit for a decent average and they can both smack the ball out of the ballpark every now and then. But look, if you're going to trade for Alex Verdugo, you don't trade Mookie Betts on the other end. Mookie Betts is your star player. You don't trade, you just don't, you don't swap those guys. And that's my issue in, uh, in this trade. Even though Jeter Downs has sucked as well, it's just, Alex Verdugo was supposed to be the centerpiece of this deal. The guy who is supposed to be the next Mookie Betts who replaces him with production. He has not done that. He hasn't at all. And meanwhile, Mookie Betts is down there. What's that? We knew when we traded Mookie Betts, we were getting the raw end of the deal. We knew okay, that. So between, then... between Connor Wong, um, Jeter Downs, and Verdugo, we knew those three combined were adding up to Mookie. We knew that. They so can at can't... least come close. He can. If you're, going to, if you're going to trade Mookie Betts, you need to, you need to get a haul of prospects for him, and you did not, do, you did not get that. And, and I'm saying that he, Verdugo right now is closer – to Mookie than he is to Benny. I think all, he is. All around. He's about closer. He's, he's closer to he's, Mookie than he is to Benny. Right? Let's, so, pull, let's pull up stats then. The do not dare say that you would, that Verdugo is a Benny clone. I need so to pull up the statistics. But off the top of my head, they're, they're pretty damn close to each other. 
Off the top of my head, they're pretty damn close. Compare batting average, compare stolen bases, compare are we, defense. Are we comparing Andrew Benintendi this year or Andrew Benintendi when it was on the Red Sox? Because you and I have gone back and forth on this numerous times. Okay, in his baseball reference photo, he looks extremely depressed. Let, let's go off of it, – it's interesting. So what do you – what, what do you mean by Red Sox career? Because usually you use that those 10 games that he played during the 2020 season I'm not, I'm not to sum up his entire career. In. I'm not talking about 2020. I'll talk about 2019, 2018, like the most recent Red Sox, like legitimate season from him. Yeah. I think he's about, they're, they're about, they're fairly close to each other. Yeah. In fact, and in fact, and Verdugo this year is about 247. It's a down year for Verdugo. But fielding-wise, speed-wise, Verdugo has him beat. Power-wise, Verdugo has him beat. Cheryl give Benintendi better contact. That's about all I'm giving him, though. Arm strength, I'm giving to Verdugo. Fielding in general, I'm giving to Verdugo. So last season, 2021, he had an OPS of 777. What Who, was Verdugo what was Benintendi's? Benintendi. What was Benintendi's in 2021? Was Benintendi's in 2021? In 2021, what was Andrew Benintendi's OPS? Uh, and we're 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 scrapping the 2020 season. I'm sorry, I don't I don't yeah, count no, that. It was will, it was 60 games. They were playing with no fans, and it started late in the season. They barely. It was hardly even a. It was hardly even a spring training. OPS so I don't re- for Benny in what year? So we're comparing 2021. So 2021. Uh, 766. 766 for Verdugo? For, for ben- Benintendi. Okay. For Verdugo so about, was 648. So Verdugo? It, in 20, oh, that's 2022. Let me I'm, t- I'm talking about 21. So I, I have Verdugo right here. 777. 70, 777. What was, ben, was Benintendi? 766. So slight, slight, slight. So it's about, an, it's about identical. Slugging yeah. percentage. So. Ben and 10, so I'm so, sorry, I had Verdugo. 426. 426. Now, Ben and 10, Ben and might be slightly lower just because um, he doesn't have quite as much power as Verdugo, but. 442. 442. Ooh, what? Yeah, ooh, he had him, he had a little higher. Yeah. Oh, on base percentage. So Verdugo had 351. How, how much for Ben and 324. So obvious to Verdugo. All right. So Verdugo gets that one. Batting average. I believe off the top of my head, Benintendi, did he have 277? I knew he was in the 290s early, earlier on in the year. So he, I think he slumped to the to end of the season. But For what's that? Batting average. So this is about the ba- most basic statistic there is. But 289 for Verdugo. So I believe yeah. he had him because I think Benintendi Benny, was 276. Still respectable. So still fairly close. Mm-hmm. Now let's go to stolen bases. Verdugo had six. How many for Benintendi? Benny's going to have them on speed. Oh, eight. So eight. There you go. And uh, how many times did he strike out? I have 96 for uh, Verdugo. Uh, strikeouts 97. Same. So identical. Fifth, uh, walks 51 for Verdugo. Uh, 36 for Ben Tendi. Okay. So that, that Verdu- explains the Verdugo OVP. has shown a little bit more patience. More discipline, yeah. Um, all right. Home runs. Verdugo had 13. How many did Benny have? I believe he had him in the statistic, but. Uh, 17 for Benny. Ooh. He had a good season in 2021. It's not a bad season, but I'm going to say this, and I've told you this before, and I'm sticking by it. Benintendi would not be as good if he was in Boston. I think I think he would. I don't. I'm I'm gonna go and disagree on that. I just I think it was just a tough a tough year. It was only ten games, and if you look at the rest of his career in Boston, he was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. And look, I don't I don't take that COVID year in. I take that COVID year with a grain of salt. And I think Benintendi would go would return to his old self had he have stayed in Boston. And he would have been remained a, I, and I don't think people give him enough credit for the way he plays in the postseason. That kid can hit, and he can hit sure, better than Mookie he's, he's did. He's given us the postseason, postseason moments. I won't deny. 
But I'm still saying Sonny Gray syndrome with Andrew Benatendi. Pressure got to him. As soon as, as soon as the media turned south on him, everything else went south. I just, I disagree. I disagree. I, I feel like that's not the entirety of why he sucked in 2020, but that has to do with a big part. Is the media well, started saying this kid's slipping, his stats are just getting worse and worse every year. The media started to turn on him, and that made him kind of go down. And that's why in Kansas City, there's no real media. There's no pressure in Kansas City. He can just go out there and play the game. In this Boston, is too much. You of, can't do that. You're, you, look, your theory is sound. Mm-hmm. I disagree when it comes to baseball because with baseball, it, it's it just it's just a different animal than if it, than it in football or basketball. You can still have good put up good numbers with pressure, especially during the regular season. I mean, one game out of one sixty two. When fans are coming to the ballpark, they're more they're more focused about having a good time rather than whether or not they're whether or not you know Ben Intendi goes zero for four or four for four. It's a nice mm-hmm. thing if they do if they do well, but when they go zero for four, it's like okay, all right. Yeah. But let me let me just say this. All right, I'm gonna delay the outputting of this episode. How far are we in? About fifty five minutes. It's been a long episode, but yeah, we're gonna wrap. It's it felt up shorter, but if. If I remember to, I'm going to cut in. I put a poll out on the pesky poll. All right, who would you rather have, Verdugo or Benny? I put that poll out. We're going to give it till the end of the day, say about 9 o'clock Mountain Time, so about 11 o'clock your time. Okay. And I'm going to check it again. I'm going to cut right about here, and I'm going to talk to the people. I'm going to let them know who won on the Instagram story. It's probably going to be it's going to be close, but I feel like people are going to lean towards Verdugo. It shouldn't even be close. It shouldn't be close. It should be Verdugo long slide. There should be like four people who pick Benny, and that should be you, two randoms, and my sister. That's it. Okay, my little sister still has the biggest crush on Benny, and it pisses me off. All right. Last thing we got to talk about real quick is um, the Red Sox now have to cut one pitcher or bring them down to the minors um, before the, before tonight's game. I, I, I kind of, uh, rosters will be limited to 13 pitchers starting Monday. At the, and this time uh, major league baseball means it. The rule was originally planned for 2020, but was pushed back. Um, and now June 20th is the official day, which is today where they need to, um, where they need to bring somebody down to the minors. My question to you, Adam, is who should it be and why is it Hirokazu Saramora? It's going to be Schreiber because nothing the Red Sox do makes sense. If it's Schreiber, we're throwing a riot, okay? We're, we're invading Jerusalem, okay? Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> okay. We're going to take over the Holy Land. Okay. And we're so- going to find out what... <laughs> It's going to be the last, it's going to be the real last crusade. It's not going to be for any religious reasons, just because the Red Sox sent down John Schreiber. It was James Norwood. Once again, I say, who? There's a lot of pitchers that you can make a solid, a solid case for though. Yeah. This dude was one and oh, so far throughout the season with an eight, three, one ERA. Interesting. Uh, last <sighs> seven games, um, he pitched 6.2 innings in his last seven and had 8.1 ERA. And that's the lowest. You know, Jay Groom is technically on the 40-man roster. Remember, the, remember, remember when – you don't remember him? Jason Groom. Barely. He was taken, and he, was, he fell to us. After I think it was after the 2016 season, and he was this really highly, just very highly touted pitcher, mm-hmm. and it turns out he didn't do much, and he did he made it to Double A, and that's about it. Okay. And this is so he was drafted in 2016, and 270 ERA between uh, between Greenville and Lowell. Mm-hmm. Rip Lowell because they they're not here anymore. Oh, Between two teams, I had inside information that Lowell was coming back, and that inside information lied to me. 
And then in 2017, between two teams, 569 ERA. In 2019, 225. Nice job, Jay Groom. Uh, in 2021, 481. Now he's in double A. And so far this season, 367. So this kid was a highly touted prospect, and I think it was it was uh, attitude issues for the reason why he wasn't able to uh, – attitude or some, some other off the field, maybe partying or something. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he fell to us. However, now he's on a – he has a 3.67 ERA at, in AA Portland. So we'll see how he does, but okay. uh, he's technically Just- not on – he hasn't made an appearance on the big league level yet. Just, just so you're aware, so far, I posted this 12 minutes ago. It's 5-2 to two Verdugo. 5-2 to two Verdugo? Yes. How, which people – has your sister voted yet? No. So there's, already, so there's yet? already the two randoms, and you I'm yet voted. to vote, and so neither is your sister. Uh, let's, let's, call, let's call up these people by name real quick. Uh, Matthew Zarazzo and Grayson Lorton. Benny Butcher. Of course they're gonna if you're oh, if, come if on. Either of you are listening. When right you call now, him Benny Butt Cheeks, of course you're going to vote <laughs> against him. It's <laughs> hoping hoping you wouldn't see that small detail. Jeez. <laughs> hey, and that's, that's his nickname though. God given. They may not even know who he is. They there's a lot of people. Okay, named you're ben. not a true Red Sox fan if you don't know who ben, Benny Butt Cheeks is, okay? <sighs> I'm sorry, but all right, you know damn sure. All right, last thing before we hit the end record button. Adam? Yeah. Buddy? Why in the blue hell did you say the Colts were going to win the AFC? Ch- we're going to be AFC champs. I didn't say AFC champs. I said they'd make an AFC championship. And that wasn't a prediction. That was just their ceiling, like the best they could possibly do. Yeah, yeah, okay. Explain to me how it's possible that that's the best they can do. Well, they have talent everywhere on the field. They have they have a good defense. They have a good offensive line. They have a they up, a upgraded at quarterback, Touché. and they have a solid receiver. And their running game is elite, and a also single deep. solid receiver. And who? Michael Pittman. Pittman, and Pittman put up very good numbers with Carson Wentz throwing to him, which he did. Now you add in Matt Ryan, and he's going to become elite. And then after that, you just need to find one serviceable number two. Yeah. And if you find that number two, then you're then you're in the AFC Championship. No. No. Very strong possibility. Playoffs, yes. Can they win their division? Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's they that's consensus. They're they they're most likely going to win the division unless unless Traylon Burks actually becomes the second coming of AJ Brown. But like who's past that? It's it's they they have the two team race for the. AFC South, between and it's and, and with the Colts being having the leg up, yeah, which I'd say, but with the Colts first round exit, yes, first round exit, there's, it's a possibility. There's no possible world where they make it all the way to the AFC Championship game. I see it. It's a possibility. I, I see. I see the Titans making it to the AFC Championship game before I do the Colts. I think the Titans have that ceiling. I don't think the Colts have that ceiling. The Colts have that ceiling. Absolutely not. I Ryan, just, I just if you doing... see Ryan Tannehill in the AFC Championship, then we're going to put that we're going to put Matt Ryan in there as well. Is, is Come that on. when we invade Jerusalem? <laughs> when Ryan Tannehill makes the AFC Championship? Yeah. Yes. All right, we ride at midnight, bitches. All right, we ride so, at dawn. <laughs> so that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. If you did get through this entire episode, Adam, plug yourself. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Go check out the fumble Ruski podcast. If you like hearing me talk about baseball, you're going to, you're really going to love me talking about football, especially with the Colts possibly making the AFC championship. It's not a prediction. It's just their ceiling. And uh, we talk all things football and we love our listener engagement. So we have this thing called the fan box where uh, we put out a question filter and we ask, you know, a basic question and we, we shout you out when you answer, we, talk about you on on our show all good things of course who, who was the um, one to give we you have a idea? guest on every who, week who had, who had the original idea for that that was me it was not you hell no you took that from me 
I did not take that from you. Bullshit. You took that from me. Brian, Brian recommended that I do something like that. And I took no, it a step further I and I said, you know what? You do something like that. I told you, hey, this is a fun thing I do on my show. This is back when I had Ari. I want to bring it back, but I'm probably not. This is when I had Ari on the show. He would always come up with that question that we would put up six hours before we recorded, if we could, or the night before. Oh, I do it like 24 so that it's off by the time by the time we go we go on because I don't want people to be left out. Oh, we, we, we just do it like a couple hours before. But we would do that. That was Ari's thing. You don't disrespect Ari. Okay. All right. But I, but I, put, I put out a post. Goon. I shout, I put out a post. I shout them out. Yeah. I have, I feature them on the show. I have them on the show as a guest. We do a lot of good things for you guys. If you guys are, if you guys check us out and f- give us a follow, we love our engagement. We love our fans. So we want to, we want to return the favor. So that's what we like to do. Uh, it's so our podcast, our main page is not only promoting our podcast, but also daily NFL coverage. So you guys get the best of both. And yeah, we have a lot of great things coming. We're going to tap into the fantasy football world, uh, as well. So you guys can get, get your fantasy football fix, find out who to start and who to sit, and then you lose your league and then blame it on us and call us jackasses all the, the whole nine yards, no pun intended, but definitely go check us out. We are a, uh, we're growing and we want you guys to be part of that. Adam, who, who's been one of the leaders in our league throughout the past two seasons? Past two seasons? That would be you. Yeah. Did you win me. the – did you – how many of those did you win? Talking to me? Um, hey. I, I, I think <laughs> – I, I, I don't – that's a good question. I don't think Is we it? have that information available at the moment. He's – yep, 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 but, choker, choker. Okay. Choke, choke. The first Atlanta Braves. Atlanta Braves in the nineties. <laughs> that first year, I should have won. L.A. Dodgers outside of the COVID year. Okay, hold on. I need to explain this real quick before we end the episode. Um, not this previous football season, but the one beforehand. Right. I was in the what the conference champion, whatever you want to call it, the fantasy football. I was in the second to last round. Something happened with the seating where I wasn't placed against the right guy. If I was placed against the right guy, I would have won. I was placed against another guy, I lost. Come around to the final day or the final week, Alvin Kamara scores six touchdowns for me in fantasy football. I would have whooped some candy ass and that money would have been mine. But no, Brian Mucker wanted to be a little you-know-what. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I should have won. Who's, who's not on our show anymore. Yeah, no, that dude could kiss my ass. All right. But... That being said, thank you guys so much for watching it. Today was a long episode. It was long. Probably it was good. long, but it didn't really feel that way. I no. love talking baseball, man. It was a good like hour five. Um, next week, we're probably going to have the one, the beautiful, the legend, Mr. Brian Costa, the beautiful bastard himself, on. Adam, any last thoughts? Nothing much. Just, right. uh, you know, go Red Sox. They're going to win 90-plus games. Colts. Their ceiling is the AFC Championship, and uh, John Schreiber is our Lord and sh- our Lord and Savior. Yeah, I'll put my hand on the Bible right now for John Schreiber. Anything, anyways. God bless you guys. Never listen to Adam's NBA content or his NBA takes because those absolutely suck. We'll see you guys next time.